Sport and Faith with Radio Maria. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sport and Faith. Um, it's Laura here, one of the co-hosts, um, and we have our guest on the line, um, who is Angela. Would you like to introduce yourself, Angela? I live in the Yorkshire Dales. I'm a Yorkshire woman because I was born in Leeds, and that was uh, a long time ago. That was during the war. So uh, I can uh, remember quite a long time back. How long, how long do you want me to talk at this moment? <laughs> I, well, well, I, I have a special affinity with Leeds because my grandparents and my dad were born in Leeds. So um, we're going to be friends already, I can tell. Oh, that's good. <laughs> do well, you want to um, tell us why we've brought you onto a programme about sport and faith? Yes. Uh, um, at the moment, uh, you'll be interested in my background of climbing. Yes, you're the, first, you're the first climber we've had on the show. And particularly Achille Ratti climbing club which is a catholic organization not exclusively catholic i hate to add but it was founded by a bishop and its headquarters is a lovely property in the lake district in langdale which became known as bishop's scale um, the club has a very uh, useful website so since we're uh, only talking rather than looking I'd have to direct you to the website for pictures, images of uh, that property and subsequently the others. I have a feeling that I might have met Father Toby there. It's, uh, we refer to it as a climbing hut, but I ought to make clear to people who might not uh, be familiar with the climbing jargon that a hut, a club hut, it's nothing like a garden shed. It's like a hostel, um, a very well-equipped hostel, but informal, where you just turn up with your own sleeping bag and cook your own food and socialise with whoever's there and, of course, go out on the hills. Yeah, so, so when was it set up? Oh, the bishop uh, started uh, his group in uh, 1942. Wow. So then that was in wartime. And... Uh, in uh, the town of Blackpool, it was a boys' club. And uh, the history is all on the website, by the way, if uh, people want to check up on it uh, later. Yeah, we'll provide that later, definitely. Yes, yes. Uh, he used to bring youngsters to the lakes, and uh, gradually they uh, realised that uh, it'd be nice if they could stay overnight. And that's when they were looking for somewhere to stay. And it wasn't long before they found somewhere in Langdale, thanks to the uh, owner of the uh, New Dungeon Gill Hotel, who was also a landowner. And that's where it all started. Oh, wow. And um, how long have you personally been involved? Oh, I joined probably about 1963. I was fortunate to... Uh, because I had, I'd only just started rock climbing as opposed to going up hills. I was fortunate among my acquaintances to meet somebody who was already a member, and uh, so I found out about it. And of course, being a, a Catholic at the time, I was eligible to join. So I got proposed and seconded, and uh, been a member ever since. So you've got a long history with the club as well. Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, definitely. So um, 
what links are there now that would still uh, represent the climbing club as, as, a, as a, a Catholic or, or a religious club, not just uh, a sports activity? Well, um, it's, uh, you don't have to be a Catholic to join, but the yeah. Constitution um, specifically mentions the Catholic ethos of friendship, which again, you can look up in detail. Um, now that things are greatly expanded and there are about 800 members, and also a step that uh, other similar sized clubs are taking mm. is to become uh, some kind of a society where the trustees and people are not held responsible for things because it would be a big, uh, serious undertaking. Mm. Mm. So I think in in theory, it is or is soon going to be something called a mutual society. Right. And uh, the Constitution specifies that uh, people of all beliefs are welcome, and the main object is to foster love of mountaineering and outdoor activities. Mm. Now, along with the uh, accommodation, there is a chapel in Langdale called Our Lady of the Snows. And... Uh, Wherever possible, we have mass there. Not, unfortunately, as often as we used to because uh, priests are uh, busier now and there's not enough of them really mm. to, to do extra things like that. But uh, um, it's the chapel, which is a lovely, lovely place, right by the roadside, built of uh, Lakeland stone. The chapel is licensed for weddings and there was... Uh, a wedding there uh, recently, perhaps the weekend before last. And uh, does that answer your question? Yeah, no, that's brilliant. And I think, you know, it's it's really good that, um, you know, the club is open to, to people of all beliefs. We had somebody on the show before, Leo, who has a football ministry and, you know, there's no, yeah. there's no barrier to entry, but they find that having the ministry built on a sense of... Um, fellowship christian fellowship and and the fact that they they have prayer at the beginning of every um yeah. session hasn't deterred people from joining in and it just helps them um you know in in their mission but um they want to reach out to everybody not be exclusive it sounds like achille rat is similar yes well whenever a priest's available we can have mass if priests want to come for a short break they certainly would uh same as in the chapel. Mm. And one interest, one meet that I'm very fond of is round about uh, the time of remembrance, November, early November, when the club has its annual general meeting. And at the same time, we have a massive remembrance in the chapel. And uh, the uh, names of all the deceased members are read out in the uh, memoriam of them and uh, of course the list gets longer every year but for me particularly having been a member so long many of these names are people I knew and climbed and went on the hill with and uh, I find uh, it very very significant yeah no that's that sounds wonderful I love I uh, love hearing about traditions like that sort of um uh, you know, adopting a, a date in the calendar or an, a, an occasion and, and making it, you know, meaningful and special for your your club. That sounds wonderful. I'm glad that you, you say Mass there, and it, I'm sure the chapel is, is beautiful up there in Langdale. Yes, and uh, if anybody just happens to be in Langdale and would like to visit the chapel, if there's anybody 
staying over in, in the hut, then uh, they would be very happy to open the chapel. Oh, that's uh, lovely. So you're inclusive yeah. even to people that aren't climbers. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. If anybody would like to see the chapel, as long as there's somebody there who's uh, willing to open it, because mm. it's, it's normally it kept locked, of course. But, yeah, of uh, course. No, that sounds um, wonderful. I'm sure there's quite a lot of um, hikers most, and things as well, less, most... less daring people like me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, most weekends uh, there'll be some people there, yeah. and if there's a meet, if there's a meet on a club meet, there'll be lots of people there. It's great that it seems to be thriving so well after so so long. R- roughly, how many members are there? About eight hundred, I think. At yeah, the that's a lot. Yeah, is have your membership stayed quite stable, or have you found it's it's grown? Well, it must have grown because uh, in the early days. Uh, when the bishop first uh, turned it into a, a recognised club for his young people, mm. then uh, there would only be tens of members. And over the years, it's grown, and the club has acquired uh, two more huts. One is in Wasdale, uh, Nether Wasdale, yep. and uh, the other is in North Wales. Yeah, in, wow. Uh, Bethesda. Yeah, no, that's um, that's incredible, and I'm also very interested to know how many um, how many priests or religious do you have coming in and making the most of the the facilities, or is it mostly lay people? It's mostly lay people. Mm. It'd be nice if we had more priests, but uh, Father Toby will probably have something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Father Toby, you're you're not a stranger to um, Achille Ratti, are you? No, I've. Uh... I've had the privilege of going there a, a couple of times, had a wonderful stay, in fact, with a with another Dominican priest who um, who's a member, Father Alistair Jones. Mm. Um, absolutely loved it there. The barn chapel is so beautiful. Yeah, wow. So we've done six episodes now, Father Tabor, and we've talked about many sports that you're involved with, but climbing hasn't come up yet, so it's a good job we got Angela on. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I have to confess, I'm not not a climber. Although the uh, the friar who I was with, he um, he does climbing. Yeah. But uh, I'm more of a, more of a walker. Yeah. Um, and uh, so there are there's fantastic walking from there. And uh, and in fact, I forget the name of the other hut, but there's a there's a hut that's sort of up a couple of valleys over where um, Father Alistair and I did a did a walk one day to the chess and stayed over in the smaller hut as well. So there's so many great possibilities for walking from there. Well, and that, maybe if I have one if day, that was, that's popular. If that was recent, then it would be Little Ground House in Nether Wasdale. That's the latest acquisition. It, it was, was about three years ago, that one. Three years ago. Oh, it would have been then. I think we've owned that for, uh, for three years now. Yeah. Yeah, we were the only two people there that night. So Kelly Ratty was much busier, but that one, there was nobody else. That would be nice. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, we used to have um, mass every Saturday evening when Father Hughes was alive. He used to come over from uh, Glen Ridding, especially to say mass for us in the chapel. And he would uh, come in in all weathers. He was a very... uh, Determined. Dedicated, yeah. Yes. And he wasn't a young priest and he wasn't a, a big fellow, but he was very brave. He used to go out with the Patterdale Mountain Rescue uh, regularly when there was a call out. 
he used to go out with them and uh, contribute what was uh, suitable. Wow, that's that's amazing. Ministry yeah. ministry of all of all forms, and like you say, yeah. it takes. I suppose yeah. it takes a particularly brave person and someone that decides they're going to do that, rather than they might not necessarily yeah, be told well, to do it. They well, have to they see the to need. Be, there used to be a little church over in Patterdale, Glen Ridding, and he, he lived there and he used to uh, drive over. But sadly, things have moved on yeah. and Father Hughes isn't with us anymore and there's no longer a little church in Patterdale. Yeah. Well, um, I'll ask you more, Angela, about um, your experience with the club and climbing in general and, um, and the benefits that that's um, brought to you. But we'll just have our first uh, song, actually, which is one that you've... Um, suggested so uh, quite uh, appropriately we're going to have uh, James Kilbane How Lovely on the Mountains How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news good Announcing peace, proclaiming news of happiness, our God reigns, our God reigns, our God reigns, our God reigns, our God
Lovely. So we're all imagining ourselves in in the mountains now, near the near the beautiful chapel in Langdale. Um, so, Angela, you've obviously been involved uh, with the club a long, long time. Um, what is it that you you like about climbing, and and maybe something about the Kiliratti Club in particular that you like? Well, of course, I'm very fond of the club because it was the first club I ever joined, and I was made greatly welcome from mm. the very beginning. And I was always naturally a an outdoor person, not an outdoor child with a, a tendency to explore and go up hills and get to the top of things and stay at youth hostels and so on. The things my brother and I used to do when we were teenagers uh, would uh, uh, would raise eyebrows now. Parents would probably be asked to account for letting us. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, um, we never came to any harm, even though... Uh, and we had just very basic equipment and knew how to read a map and stay at the hostels and so on. And uh, I discovered rock climbing um, by chance, really, just in, in my postgraduate student days. And uh, I was pretty useless at it at first, but I had the urge to take the lead and uh, it just carried on from there. I have a bit of a, an experience with that with my main sport, which is rowing. I am not a natural rower at all. Um, I first started doing it at university and I quickly realised how technical a sport it was. But there's something about having the perseverance when you enjoy something and want to improve that for me, you know, I, I never try to be at a competitive level or the best person in my boat. But but over the years, I have improved for me and I do continue to in, enjoy the sport. Um, is that, has climbing been something like that for you? Oh, yes, yes, very much so. Uh, um, you just uh, do what you're enjoying. And, of course, it's, it, rock climbing is very weather-dependent. So uh, if you're a mountaineer as well, then you always find something to do which is appropriate. Now, the Achillerati Club had uh, probably a greater proportion of climbers and mountaineers when I first joined and throughout the... 70s and 80s, those were the days when the normal thing to do for climbers and mountain types was to go to the Alps in summer. Um, I don't know if uh, many people do that now because climate change has made a big difference to what it's like when you get there. But the club uh, has uh, a strong presence now in the uh, sport of fell running, competitive uh, Spirits are emerging, and there's some very, very strong runners in the club, um, men and women. And there's also a big tradition of uh, doing the Bob Graham round in the Lake District. And for anybody who's not heard of that, it's a very challenging round. It's about, oh, I don't know, 70, 70 miles and I don't know how many thousand feet of climbing up and down, lots of peaks in it. And the uh, object is to do it within uh, 24 hours. And the club has over 50 members, including ladies who have completed that challenge. And uh, there's still people who will be training for it as we speak. 70 miles in 24 hours including lots of climbing. That sounds mad, absolutely mad. Well, I certainly couldn't uh, think about it. I, I would struggle to keep awake for 24 hours, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I've never attempted it. 
What's that, Father Toby? Did, uh, did you ever attend the, the round? No, no, I never, I, I never aspired to that. I did, uh, I did a good many of the fell races in the Lake District in my fell winning days, Ennerdale and Wasdale, the, the longer ones, and uh, managed to get round those. But we're only talking about uh, something that uh, it takes you know, a few hours rather than twenty-four hours. Something we haven't really talked about on this show, Father Toby, is about, uh, you know, your physical limits and pushing yourself to the limit and how useful or, or potentially helpful that that is. Um, do you have any thoughts on that about sort of ex extreme sports? I think we live in a world where people are constantly pushing themselves to do more and more um, daring, challenging feats. What's your kind of view on that? Well, it's, I was going to sort of ask Andrew like whether in, you know, when you find yourself in a tricky position with the next, next move that ever you know praying for a little bit of help or when you were in younger days doing some fairly hair raising things whether with yourself praying praying the um the, sig the signal where you are is not very good father table we can't hear you very much i think i think you were asking angela about um Things that you've attempted and the level of the level of challenge is that right? Yeah, well, that's, you know, you've got yourself in a situation whereby you're praying for a bit of help now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, um, if anybody ever asked me, do I believe in guardian angels? I'd just smile at them and say, "I'm living proof that they exist." <laughs> <laughs> From all the climbing and and like you say, you you and your brother not coming to any harm when you were younger. That's right, exactly. Yeah, and uh, they're doing doing things solo because I used to. Uh, um, right. I to climb with. I'd just go off and do it by myself anyway. A lot more emphasis on health and safety these days. <laughs> well, that's right. That's partly why the constitution of the clubs had to be changed. Revised. Yeah, not not just uh, our club, but uh, all clubs. Yeah. There's so much. Uh, risk of being held liable for things that were really just accidents. Yeah, and you're facilitating people coming and, and you know, exercising and, and making the most of the facilities. So um, you don't want to be in a situation where, you, you know, you had to stop activities or, or you know, anything like that because no. of individual choices and decisions, no. I suppose. Most most climbing clubs now, they have a safety officer and a compliance officer, which uh, you couldn't have imagined. Uh, you couldn't have imagined when I first joined. Yeah. It was much less formal. There's a balance between that sort of um, respect of the, of the goodness of the, the life that I've been given, and also kind of rejoicing in the the agility of the uh, of the points of fine balance, and never be reckless about our life. At the same time, I think sort of the, the Christian is is able to to deal with 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 risk. Um, and risk is a very important part of of being human. Um, but you know, risk enables us not to be completely dominated in our lives by by fear and obviously we have we have you know people who aren't prepared to take certain risks when it gets to an extreme level we call it a phobia and we try and treat it at, but we can can go the other the other way and be completely reckless and show sort of scant regard for our own lives yes yes absolutely 
Um, and I think sport, particularly with uh, you know, sort of when when you've got something like climbing um, or other things where where there's almost a a virtue, not not one of the the moral virtues, but but sort of you know a hab a habit is acquired and becoming mm-hmm. becoming skillful at this particular activity, and a, and a part of that is knowing knowing what I'm capable of, what what would be a, a push and towards the end of my limits, and what's just completely unrealistic. And yes. so you've got the virtue of prudence built in there as well. Yes, and um, on that subject of uh, risk and outcomes, and. Um, Early in my membership of the club, I climbed with Joe Tasker. And people will have heard of Joe Tasker, who, with his companion Peter Boardman, sadly lost their lives uh, doing uh, very uh, adventurous new routing on Everest. Um, but I climbed with Joe, and uh, he was uh, only young, very talented climber, obviously, very impoverished. His uh, toes were hanging out of his climbing shoes, and he he had uh, been studying for the priesthood, but decided uh, that that wasn't uh, what God was calling him for. And uh, while he was finding himself elsewhere, he he joined the Achillevati Club and uh, made uh, a great name for himself in climbing. Sadly... uh, he died uh, while going for it, but everybody will remember him and read some of the books uh, he's written. And uh, I think he, an extreme case of the effect mountains have on people. Well, yeah, that's interesting. I took him up because I was thinking in advance of the programme about um, St John Paul II's great love of the outdoors and the uh, the way he used to lead his young young friends and students. Um, up into the mountains, and also uh, a great um, Dominican lay blessed, Pier uh, Giorgio Rosati, um, who who had as his motto sort of to the heights. And, and, uh, yes. Yeah, yes. and there's fantastic pictures of him, uh, like standing on top of mountaintops in his sort of plows and. Uh, with, you can even tell how politically crappy uh, the organisation is that's got the photo because sometimes his pipe is edited out so it's <laughs> not too uh, bad for young children. But uh, he cuts the dashing figure on top of the mound holding his pipe. Yes. Oh, we haven't mentioned how the club got its name, have we? No, we haven't. Uh, Achille Ratti. Um, well, uh, Achille Ratti was Pope Pius Eleventh, wasn't it? Pope Pius XI yeah. in the uh, 1930s. And before he became uh, a cardinal and then the prisoner of the Vatican, he uh, was an Italian mountaineer and I think did some uh, worthwhile new routes in uh, in the Alps. So probably when he was a, a pope, he uh, perhaps thought uh, a bit wistfully of mountains that he wouldn't be climbing anymore. But uh, in the early days, uh, one of the uh, founder members apparently suggested that that would be a a good name, call the uh, club after the climbing pope. And so that's what happened. Oh, wow. Interesting. Very interesting. I did not know there was a climbing pope. No, well, 
<laughs> I think um, we'll just go to uh, our next song, which um, is not, it's my choice and it's not related to mountains at all. But I suppose if you were in a situation where you were maybe in a, in a tricky spot on a mountain, you might uh, sing it. Um, it's by Kirk Franklin. It's called Looking For You. And I recently was introduced to it. And I just think it's a very uh, happy, lively song for when the, uh, when the weather is nice and, uh, and you want to praise God. So we'll just listen to that now. You think God's forgotten about you? Here's some pain medicine. Let's go! <laughs> you in your car, you at the house, on your job, be encouraged, boo. with uh, Angela and Father Toby to talk a little bit more about the Achille Ratti Climbing Club. Father Toby, any any burning questions you have for Angela in our last little segment? One question I had, uh, we, we were just talking a little bit in our break and I was speaking about my last experience of uh, 
of climbing and that uh, I wasn't quite as strong as I was the time before that I'd I'd climbed and and I, I wondered whether uh, sort of Angela had any any thoughts on sort of, you know how we deal as we get a little bit older with not being as sort of physically capable as we as we were and whether that just causes us regret that we couldn't do what we we could do once before or whether we find new ways of enjoying the the environment that we're that we're in well i think it's important for to do as much as you can when you can because uh, everybody knows that as you when you start a new sport if you're young you improve and uh, sometimes you you peak and sometimes you manage to keep it up for a long time as i did but uh, the time eventually comes when, uh, like you say, you can't do what you used to do. But uh, if you've done plenty, then you've got lots to look back on. And I think you can still uh, love the hills and mountains uh, by just accessing them on foot, not perhaps uh, going as far as you once did. or uh, running. But uh, probably by that time, uh, you been up lots of them anyway, so you don't need to uh, do it quite as intensively. You can just enjoy them uh, as you feel on the day or, or looking back. Yeah, because I think it, it can be quite a good um, experience for us, that sort of humbling thing of whereby like, I'm not quite so much anymore trying to sort of conquer stuff, but I just sort of, I, if I have to dominate, but love the environment that I've been put in and appreciate what I can do and what I could do and move maybe to a different phase of our lives where we start to sort of hand what we've learned and we're passing rather than soaking up all the experience now we're, we're handing on hopefully a bit of bit of wisdom. That's right it's uh, it's not just about sport it's about sport and uh, appreciation of creation isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, and it's about when I, I stayed there is that you know maybe everybody goes off during the uh, during the day but then in the evening there's a, a lot of sharing about what we got up to that day goes on but some of the people suggesting things that other people might do giving them a little bit of advice about if you do this route be careful about this or there's a pub you can go to and that, that, that sort of sharing and that desire that person has a really, really good time. Absolutely. And um, climbing is a really good vehicle to go around the world on if, uh, if you can uh, make the link. If you go to uh, other countries uh, um, that you've got any contacts whatsoever, as soon as you meet one climber, then uh, they sort of pass you around to others and uh, you realise what... Uh, an international sport it is. And then, of course, you uh, get to see other cultures and uh, go to mass in other churches and uh, and so on. I'd really recommend it. Uh, if you get the chance, go for it. And have you stayed in any other um, Catholic climbing clubs in other countries? In other countries, specifically Catholic ones, I don't know yeah, of any. To the Achillerati. Uh, no, the Achillerati is only uh, England and Wales at the moment, and, but uh, I've uh, I've been to uh, the Alps and places with uh, 
lots of other members over the years. Um, I don't know of any other specifically Catholic clubs. Um, I, I know what it's like going, going to Mass in, in other churches in other countries, such as uh, the United States. It's really quite different from what it's like at home. And Mexico, uh -huh. Mexico that's, that's really good going to church in Mexico. It's all singing, dancing and clapping. I liked that. Yeah, when I went to South America, I, I walked into Mass expecting something like what I'd experienced at home and it, and it absolutely was much more... Uh, much more like a party actually clapping yes, and, yes. and joyful and um, so uh, that's another good point actually that you brought out there that you know climbing's obviously taken you abroad and, and then you've wanted to go to mass and practice your faith so it's great for broadening your, your horizons in, in several ways isn't it certainly is Yeah, and I, I just was fascinated that there even was... I know you're open to, to people that aren't just Catholic, which is, is great, but I was just um, just fascinated that such a such a concept even existed, and um, I just think it's it's fantastic that the Bishop's Climbing Club was set up, and I, I love... I've got visions of Father Hugh making his way through the through the storms to, to say Mass, and yeah. I'd, I'd actually, just before the programme ends, I would like us to take a minute to, uh, to remember... Well, I know you said you have an annual remembrance service for all your deceased members, but particularly to name Father Hugh and uh, Joe Tasker and what was his um, his colleague called that also passed away on Everest? Oh, Peter Boardman. He he wasn't a, a, a member of uh, the Kiliwati. I don't I don't think. No, I don't but I think I think it'd be it'd be nice to re to remember them just just for, in a moment of quiet. Oh yes, of course it would. Yeah, we'll just we'll just do that now and then we'll find out more about how to um, get involved with the Kiliwati. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May their souls and the souls of all the faith departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I think I think that was important to do because, um, yeah, we talked about you know um, the different adverse weather conditions that can occur, and and you know people are constantly if they're involved in a sport like climbing, assessing their own. Um, level of, of risk and um, I just think it's um, yeah it's a very um, precarious um, activity but like you say with, with many many benefits to enjoy nature and to be in community and to practice a new skill um, so I think we've, you know you've done a great job Angela of um, explaining all of that um, over the course of our, our conversation it sounds like you've got a huge amount out of being involved with the club oh yes yeah. definitely Angela, you were going to mention us the Pinnacle Club, I think. What was that, Father Davey? Angela was going to mention the Pinnacle Club as yeah, well. Yeah, the as Pinnacle Club. Oh, yes. It's, the is not the only club I'm in. It's, uh, I'm also a of the Pinnacle Club, which is a women's climbing club. And that's rather older than the uh, Kiliwati. The Pinnacle Club was founded in... 1921 and last year was uh, the centenary year and lots and lots of things happened despite uh, COVID restrictions uh, including lots of uh, oral archives and things like that and that's like the Kiliwati has a very interesting website so if anybody's uh, interested I recommend that they find out more by 
using modern technology. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds like an amazing. I mean, I love hearing about um, sports clubs with with such a rich history. Um, so obviously, 1921 and women only must have been quite unusual back in its day. Oh yes, yeah. certainly uh, pioneers. So, so would you just say if people wanted to find out more about either of those clubs, uh, either Pinnacle or Achille Ratti, that they just uh, use a Google a Google search? Would that find the website quite quickly? Oh, yes, I'm sure it would. Yeah, brilliant. And um, any recommendation as someone that's sort of been been to the site and to the club or the hut, as I've now learned the term? Father Toby, what would you uh, recommend to any listeners that, that may be fancying a bit of a climb? Well, two, two good pubs within walking distance down the road. That's always important to, to know. Um, but one lovely thing is, like, even for those who, like, you know, don't feel like, you know, might be intimidated by the idea of climbing or a big, long walk, there is that the, the fantastic thing about the lakes is the sheer variety that there is around. Like on one day with a, a Catholic group, and up there with a few people who were a little bit sort of exhausted from the, the day before. And so we just, just walked up the uh, the side of the valley that the um, the club is on. And there's a there's a beautiful tarn just at the top there. And we, you know, had a, a couple of hours swimming in the tarn and a, and a picnic lunch and and reading reading some poetry at the top there, which was magnificent. What an, so really... an idyllic scene. <laughs> <laughs> You paint a lovely picture for us there, Father Toby. No, wonderful. It sounds uh, sounds great. I'm even I'm not a climber, but even I'm interested to uh, to come and see what it's about. And if you're open to to walkers, then maybe I'll find myself there at the chapel someday. Well, that would be good. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely open to people of uh, all beliefs and all levels of ability and fitness. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time, Angela. It's been absolutely fascinating to speak with you. Um, uh, the, the people at Achille Ratti were very keen to, to put you forward as a spokesperson, so I think you've done a, a grand job. Um, we're just going to play a final song now, which uh, has been suggested by Helena here at Radio Maria, and it's uh, uh, another appropriate song for uh, a climbing show. It's uh, Climb Every Mountain. So thank you very much, Angela, and goodbye, everyone. Climb every mountain Search high and low Follow every byway, every path you know. Climb every mountain, ford every stream, follow every rainbow till you find your dream, a dream that will never 